This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. On May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount+. Plus. All right. We are back here with an instant reaction podcast following Miami's 35-14 to 14 win at Georgia Tech. Uh... First things first, they got the win. I think that's obviously the most important thing. Uh, and I'll start this podcast off here, Gabby. I know like coming into this game, I was most interested in, uh, regardless of the result, what was the fight like from this team? What type of competitive response did we see from the team uh, You know, coming off that 45 to three loss to Florida state. Um, I think there was some concerns and I think it was legitimate about what is the buy-in right now with this team um, coming off a loss like that, a potentially deflating loss. And if we're being honest, I don't think there was any signs uh, of a lack of a buy-in from this team Uh, from the first quarter, the whole game, Miami responded. Uh, got off to a fast start, which of course helps. Um, but really, the offense did its thing. At times, the defense responded when they needed to respond. So that's just where I want to start, Gabby. Overall, I'm impressed by the way that this team flushed that Florida State game and still was willing to come out and fight. And, you know, the fun is in the winning. In the fourth quarter, the team was clearly having a good time on the sideline. Uh, with the game in hand. And uh, my hope is that, you know, I mean, look, this is a very small, small, small little building block potentially, but like you have to take this uh, effort and win, you know, the effort you played in, you played with, and the buy-in you showed this week needs to be the case, no matter the results. Yeah. Moving forward. I think that's, to me, that's the most encouraging thing about this game. Yeah, no, I mean, I I definitely agree with a lot of that. Um, I think it starts really from the first drive of the game, right? I mean, Miami drives down the field, Jakari Brown, I think with a really impressive first drive of his, you know, I guess not the first drive of his career, but his first time kind of leading the offense, you know, drives him down the field, they score, finds Will Mallory for that, you know, for a touchdown. I feel like that kind of gets things rolling, right? And David, I know you've mentioned in the past, kind of, it seems like Miami is kind of a, a front-running team. It seems like they kind of got things rolling early and they were able to build momentum off of that. And to your point, yeah, they, you know, they definitely didn't show quit. You know, they definitely showed that they were, they were here for it, that they were working all week, that they came out and, 
you know, again, it was a uh, for Georgia Tech. It was, you know, I guess a decent crowd, wide out, whatever, whatever it was. Um, and they played a complete four quarter game. But like you mentioned, again, it, it can't be results oriented. It can't be because things are going well. You're going to kind of, you know, you know, you're going to have four good quarters of football. You know, when things start not going your way, you need to have the same competitive response and you need to start doing those things. So I think that's probably the next step for this team. Yeah, it was really cool to see a four quarter battle. You'd love to see the win, love to see the result, love to see them. You know, they were able to run the ball. Jalen Knighton had a had a huge, huge day. Uh, I think it was a, 118 yards and a touchdown there. You'd love to see those types of things. But again, I think it is maybe a small building block and again, encouraging signs. Uh, seems like the team rallied around Jakari Brown and kind of like the effort that he played with. Um, so hopefully that's something that they continue to take with them moving forward. Of course, Clemson's on the schedule next. It's I don't think it's going to go nearly as smoothly in Death Valley. I think I saw a stat today. They've won 39 consecutive games at home, which is the longest streak in the in the NCAA. So um, definitely have another test in front of them. But yeah, definitely a lot to be encouraged about here uh, after this win. Yeah. So let's start with Jakari Brown. Uh, making his first start at the college level. Uh, he goes 14 of 19 for 136 yards, three touchdown passes as a runner. Um, what did he finish with? 19 attempts for 87 yards with a long of 24 yards. So, I mean, look, it's not passing stats that blow you away. Um, but I think the biggest the biggest thing that Jakari um, – accomplished was he protected the football number one uh georgia tech came into this game what with i think it was like 22 takeaways on the year yeah. or something yeah they were second nationally in turnovers gained second nationally uh so miami protected the football and then also too you know look it's clear i mean miami's a banged up team on offense right now with the o-line henry parish was out uh obviously jakari brown is your third string quarterback. Um, so it was clear with this game with Jakari at quarterback, the identity of this offense was going to be running the ball. And he contributed to that. He, he eliminated a lot of potential negative plays sack yardage. You know, I think he was sacked maybe once on the game. Um, uh, but there was plenty of times where, uh, you know, a Georgia Tech defender was back there. He made a miss and picked up four or five yards. Um, so to me, the biggest thing he accomplished was protecting the football. And then in, in addition to that, you know, look, I mean, Jakari is um, a developmental quarterback at this point. He should not have to be starting. Now, he does flash some impressive potential. Um, and you can really see how his ability to uh, run and throw on the run puts a defense in constant conflict. Um, and so I think you can see the vision of what Jakari can be, what, in 2024? I think ideally, if we're being honest, you know, Tyler Van Dyke is the starter. In 2023, uh, Jakari can hopefully get a full red shirt next year since he had to burn it this year. Um, and I can't tell you, Gabby, like it, it's 
it's impressive when I think back, because I saw Jakari going into his junior season. So a summer at a camp, at a summer camp, it was the COVID year. Um, so like, what is that? June of 2020, I guess. And, you know, in the, what game was it where he threw the ball in the dirt? It was uh, Virginia, right? On his first attempt. At this camp, like half of his past attempts at, at this camp, and these are on air, were like on dirt. And so he has come a significant way. You know, I saw him a year later and he improved from that. And it, and, and that's when it, it clicks like, okay, this guy's on a interesting trajectory. You know, a year later, he's in fall camp at Miami and he's still improving with his throwing. And I think today we saw him take steps even more. So he's on this trajectory as a passer. He's not a finished product at all. If you're going to judge him as a passer right now, you're a fool. Um, but I do think you can see where the potential is intriguing there. Yeah, I think there's a lot to be again. It, it, what he did today, it, it should we should might he shouldn't even even been in this situation in the first place. And for him to lead Miami uh, on a road win against a Power Five opponent in conference. Is really impressive because David, like again, in per again perfect circumstances, which I guess it, there rarely are, like it rarely works out that way. Jakari Brown is not on the field this year. This right. was never a part of, like this was never a part of the plan. This was never the intention when he got here to Miami was for him to burn a red shirt, for him to appear in a game, for him to start a game. Was if you told me before the season that Jakari Brown would start a game for Miami this year, I mean, I, I just there's right. I couldn't have been able to, I wouldn't have been able to like mentally process that. You know, so the fact that he did it, completed 74% of his passes, you know, managed the game from a passing standpoint, did what he had to do, kind of put the ball in places he needed to put it. Was it, was it perfect? No. And then again, the way he kind of willed it uh, as a runner and the way he took care of the ball. Again, this is a team that, you know, forces a ton of fumbles. I mean, they, they turned the ball over a lot in his first start against defense that creates those types of plays did not, did not turn the ball over once. So again, I, these are all little signs and we're not saying we're not advocating for Jakari Brown to be the quarterback from this point on. We're advocating, no. you know, we're saying that when his time comes again, 2024, which is, you know, a year and a half from now, whatever it is, um, that that is kind of his expected, you know, arrival. That was always like the point where we would start kind of looking at Jakari Brown as potentially being the guy. And I think he has shown, I think he showed enough, you know, today where you can be Definitely. encouraged about the way he's going to look in what, 18 months. Uh, right. So that's really the, I think that's really the big picture. I think that's the perspective fans and people that are, that are watching the game should have in Jakari Brown. And it, again, what you're saying to evaluate him now and judge him as he is now is, is, is ridiculous. It's, it's nowhere near where he's going to be. So uh, a lot to be encouraged about. All right. So I have other talking points. You can decide what you want to expand on, but you touched on rooster. You know, obviously, I was impressed by the way he ran tough. I think this was right. the hardest, tough running game he showed. I think the offensive line in the first 20 minutes of the game did a really nice job getting push up front. And we started to see some of that pin and pull stuff that we had been expecting to see. Uh, it was having some success early in the game. It kind of uh, faded a little bit. In this, in the uh, late second, third quarter, early fourth, but then they kind of came alive and, and helped Rooster 
get in the end zone with some nice push up front. So I, I do think the offensive line deserves credit. Brashard Smith, you know, four for 37 as a receiver, one for nine as a rusher, not numbers that blow you away, but his, his catches moved the chains. You know, they were quick yeah. game passes and he would make a guy miss and he'd convert the first down. And the last thing, Gaddis, um, you know, look, I'm not sitting here advocating like the offense was beautiful today. Right. Not saying that at all. Context matters. And the hand that Gaddis was dealt today in terms of personnel uh, to game plan with, I think he did a nice job. Uh, you know, I think, again, he established an identity this week, which was run the ball, protect the football. They were 7-12 to 12 on third down. Um, so again, I'm not sitting here saying this was a beautiful offensive game, but I do think Josh Gaddis deserves some credit for dialing up some decent play designs with what he had to work with. Any of those points you want to touch on before we move on to, to the defense? Yeah, I, I think all of them are good. I'll, I'll touch on the Gaddis one. I think one thing that should be just kind of taken into under consideration, like I think he did a really good job of settling Jakari Brown into the game. And I think that he put him in positions to be successful. I think that first drive that he kind of, you know, I'm sure designed for him, I thought was very, very efficient. I thought it just kind of set the, again, I think it set the tone for Jakari. Yeah, I think there were times that the offense kind of started to stall and it felt like maybe they were trying to force that, you know, the quarterback run stuff. Again, that was, that's always what it was going to be. But, um, you know, I, I mean, tip my cap to, to Josh Gaddis to, again, adapting to the personnel that he had. And then again, putting Jakari Brown in a position where he could feel comfortable with what he had to do. They, they started implementing some of that RPO stuff that, you know, I think he's done well. It's, it seems like he's comfortable kind of throwing that slant. And it felt like that that's maybe the most comfortable throw that he kind of had on the day, the most, the, maybe the most natural uh, that he, the kind of route he felt throwing. So I think that, you know, Josh Gaddis did a good job with all those types of things. So um, you know, Josh Gaddis has taken a lot of heat this year. And again, it, it wasn't a perfect uh, display yeah. or anything like that. But I think what he did, considering the injuries and the quarterback situation, um, I think that he adapted well to it. And again, I think that's a, I think that's something worth noting. Yeah. And they ended, of course, their touchdown drought, obviously, uh, did yeah. it on the first drive of the game. So um, defensively, story there is turnovers. Specifically, Cam Kitchens, three picks. Tyreek Stevenson with a pick as well. Uh, nine tackles for loss, two sacks for the defense. Uh, Georgia Tech converted only four 12 third down situations. Um, but really, the story is Cam Kitchens. Uh, you know, all those picks were big. Um, yeah. Two of them were basically red zone picks. One, of mm -hmm. course, returned 99 yards. Another one was just, you know, a midfield YOLO shot by the backup quarterback. Um, you know, this is the type of safety play that I grew up watching. So I'm hoping that this is like a jump off point for Cam Kitchens, that ball hawk safety uh, that can make quarterbacks pay. Um, but overall, a really nice performance. It was what they said on the broadcast, the first three pick game since Kenny Phillips. Yeah, Kenny Phillips in 06. I mean that that's good company, right? I mean, I think yeah. if you want to be I think if you want to be in the conversation with some great Miami safeties, I mean Kenny Phillips is definitely one of those guys. I think he's 
Now he's tied for set for the second most picks in a Miami Hurricanes season uh, with Artie Burns. I think Sean Taylor leads the pack with 10. That's no surprise. But yeah, I mean, this was a big time game, led the team in tackles with eight, had half a tackle for loss, the three picks. I mean, just just huge, a huge, huge performance for Cam Kitchens. Been a bit up and down, you know, in terms of kind of being the guy that's broken down at times. But I mean, this was just kind of the, one of those complete performances for him. And uh, again, it sounds like, you know, just kind of listening to the radio broadcast after the game that, you know, this is, you know, he's someone that Mario Cristobal likes a lot and, and obviously grinds it out. To, so to see him succeed like this is a, is obviously huge. And so again, I don't think we're going to see a, a defensive back performance across the country bigger than the one Cam Kitchens just had. I mean, three interceptions. I'm not sure I've seen that in just, I guess, in the time that I've been an aware Miami fan. So, uh, you know, really, really cool to watch and obviously a game changing uh, play from him. Wesley Bassaint, true freshman linebacker, I believe it was his first start, right? Yeah, he started. Um, six tackles. Uh, solid, solid performance from him, I think. Uh, overall, Miami limited Georgia Tech to 129 rushing yards. And, you know, explosive plays have been an issue for Miami defensively this year. I think overall they did a nice job containing explosive plays uh, in this game. So that was a step forward in the right direction. Um, Lou Headley to get out of here. He's pretty handy. Especially like in the first half, I think when there's a lot of field position battles going yeah. on first, first half slash third quarter, um, you know, he's, uh, he drops him in there. Three punts inside the 20, 150 plus yard punt averaged 46 yards on the day. Uh, again, the game plan obviously was ball control. Don't turn it over. The punter plays a big role in that game plan. And, uh, you know, he's part of the reason why they played that way, because uh, he is a strength for the team. So um, overall, again, I think the big takeaway of this game is Miami is not giving up on the season, thankfully. Um, and I think the future is encouraging with Jakari Brown. So uh We'll see. This team is still banged up. There was still a bunch of D linemen out. Um, yeah. Jared Harrison Hunt was out. Elijah Roberts out. Uh, Jake Lichtenstein out. Um, Leonard Taylor missed the second half. Leonard Taylor missed the second half. So Miami's still banged up all over the place. Um, but you just, the one thing you can control is your competitiveness and your fight. So. That's what being a Miami Hurricanes about. Hopefully they continue that moving forward, regardless of the scores. So anything else you want to add, Gabby? No, nah, man. I mean, nice to be back in the win column. <laughs> so, you know, it's obviously, yeah. you know, bowl eligibility in play, obviously. That's um, Miami split. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I don't want to go there yet. Uh, one game at a time. So, they're five and five. They need one more Clemson and Pitt on the docket. And uh, we'll leave it at that. Uh, nice win. The fun is in the winning. Until next time, take care. Hello, everyone. It's Mike Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on 
It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets.